Your guest today on golf and other things people like to talk about when they need to take a break from talking about golf. He's a former running rebel and Fullerton Titan. You can see him from time to time walking around golf courses in SoCal wearing his Squares golf shoes and his loudmouth pants. But he's not John Daly. No. This man has a 30-inch waist. Shot a 57 at Alta Vista Country Club and a 59 at Red Hill Country Club. He's currently playing professional golf and uh, in the next couple of weeks he'll be going to Corn Ferry Tour School. Your guest today on golf and other things people like to talk about when they need to take a break from talking about golf. Derek Castillo. Derek. Trevor. What's up, man? Nothing much. How are Can you? Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. I'm I good. you good. Money. Sounds like maybe both of us have good reception. That doesn't happen all the time. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, have, I have pretty good reception out here. It's nice. Oh, cool. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just... Uh... You know, finishing up my morning coffee. Had a had a smoothie. Yeah. Just working on working on getting the gains. My uh, my felt like at least around thousand calorie smoothie every morning. <laughs> what do you What are you loading it up with? Uh, we do blueberries, a full banana. In the morning, I go with almond milk. At night, I've been trying to incorporate cow milk again because I know my one of my buddies. Uh, Justin Herbert, he's a big proponent of like chocolate milk. Yeah. And uh, I'd say it pays off for him. He's a pretty sturdy dude at 6'6 six, six and I don't know, probably yeah. like two, 240. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been trying to incorporate ch- uh, cow milk in at night, uh, not in the morning because I feel like it'd be a little harsh on my stomach first thing in the day. But <clears throat> I do are, that. And then are like, you hitting, are you hitting the white weights hard too? Or what, yeah. what else? Are you, yeah. Yeah, so I, I go to the gym. I work out five days a week. I've I I try to um, limit myself to five because more than that, I tend to. It's almost like overkill. Sure. I don't really I don't really need that. Also, because I'm also trying to put on a little fat too. Because for the longest time I could remember, my body fat's been below four percent, which is just not. It's not sure. feasible when you're trying to walk eighteen holes four days in a row. Sure, sure, sure. That's obviously you know, a bit of a gene thing. It's not like no, you get fat people in your family. So. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My, my, my dad was super skinny growing up. My mom has eaten whatever she wanted and doesn't work out for as long as I know. And she's super skinny in great shape. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. How much, uh, how much weight have you gained in the last few months? So I this since I got to Texas I've been I've kind of figured out a regiment that works for me but uh my last event for Latin America was in Mexico and I got sick after that and I was just, I had a really bad throat cold it was like my throat hurt it's hard to eat I probably lost I think I lost like 8 pounds in 10 days so I was down to 145 yeah, and uh, this morning. What are you? One, what are you? Six, six one, six three. Six, six, oh, three. you're six three. Oh shit! Yeah, so I'm pretty tall. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I'm. I'm like I'm. I'm almost as tall as Sahith. I'm like a. Right, I'm, right. I'm like a fraction shorter than him. So I don't know if I thought that you were uh, a couple inches shy of that just because you're so skinny or or what. But damn, I didn't yeah. realize you were six three. No, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not short by any means. So, but I mean, I just, I just stepped on the scale right now. I'm one sixty four point seven. So, nice. I've been yeah, uh, so 20, 20 plus pounds. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much twenty pounds in the last. Uh, that was probably I, I got healthy July fifth. I want to say July eighteenth or something. July twentieth. So, pretty much since July twentieth, I've, I've been home in Texas. I was gone for like five days in North Dakota. But other than that, I've been home and I've been able to just hit the gym hard. And, you know, I'm, my, my daily minimum goal is 4,000 calories. So gotcha. what's, uh, what's next on the docket for you? Uh, my next thing is first stage of Q school. Yeah. Where are you doing it at? Uh, so I'm doing it at a course called Walden on the Lake. Uh, it's, it's like an hour away from where I'm at. So, okay. Um, it's, it, the course fits me really well. Uh, yeah. I went out to play it. It's like, I think there's one driver on the entire golf course. It's, okay. it's almost like if Hacienda was narrower and quirkier. Gotcha. With smaller greens. <laughs> gotcha. It's, it's with smaller like, greens. It's almost like if Via Verde had, was like 69, 6,800 yards or 6,700 gotcha. yards. Gotcha. So. It's, it's, um, only it's all Bermuda. So, I mean, when you miss the green, the rough's not, you know, it's not the easiest to chip out of the greens weren't super fast, but we haven't really got rain here in the last, I'd say week. So hopefully, uh, we, we got a really heavy rain spell. So my guess is if they can dry that course out just enough, if we can hold out with this, uh, dry weather a little longer, which I think we will, then they could get that course. I think they can get the greens pretty fast and decently firm. So, yeah, you've been you've been out there for a minute, so you've been uh, playing on Bermuda quite a bit. I have been. Yeah, are you, it's are are you digging it or? I love it. I uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. So I uh, what what really sparked the uh, inspiration for me to finally get out of California was when I went from my Latin Q school last year in November. Um, it was like an hour away from where my brother goes to college in Florida at Gainesville mm-hmm. and I got to spend some time with him. I wanted to go down and spend some time with him to, you know, get a little Bermuda chipping advice from him. Cause he's got the, you know, other than John Daly, he's got the best hands I've ever seen anyone yeah. that, I've, that I've played with. Yeah. And he, uh, he just showed me some things and gave me some little tips on how to chip into the grain and certain things like that. And, I, I played at their course in Florida and it was just some of the gnarliest, grainiest Bermuda I've ever chipped on. And just looking at, cause he's always been the type of guy who he's not very technical at all. So yeah. everything he does, he just kind of thinks about hitting the shot and feels it out. Mm. And he, he, if a lot of times it's, he couldn't really tell you what he's doing. He right. just kind of got to watch. Right. And I just, one thing I've learned playing with him is I just, I, I, you know, if, if someone's better than me at doing something, I'll just watch them intensely while they're, while they're playing and pulling these shots off. Cause there's probably something I can learn from them. Sure. So, you know, with him, I just saw how much better and how different his hands moved than they used to when, you know, he's chipping out of Kakuya all the time. Cause with mm-hmm. Kakuya, as you know, you got to be a little more aggressive with it and mm-hmm. your hands have to be a little, a little heavier and cause it's so thick and you're trying to get through that. 
but mm. with Bermuda, it's a little wispier and thinner. So you almost have to have, you have to have softer hands coming through it. If you want that ball to come out soft, cause you're not going to get spin mm-hmm. and it's sitting so much farther down. So, you know, I, I if he, I was... if he does like a, like a softy off of a uh, type Bermuda into the grain, does he do a lot of the, uh, the heel up stuff where he's trying to brush the turf with the toe or what kind of what kind of different stuff is he doing with Bermuda? So with Bermuda, like, I mean, with if if he's trying to hit a high softy off of into the grain, that one's just we we've had conversations about this because I've I've been trying to find a shot that's consistent with it, and it, it's really hard to find a real consistent shot just because it's so contact based. Yeah. So even even when you have you know heel up a little bit, it it doesn't necessarily help that much, at least mm. from what we've found. So, I mean, what, what, what he's, what he does and what I've kind of found out is best is you kind of just play it back in your stance so you can get ball first contact and you open it up and play it like a bunker shot. Okay. So, you know, I I try and put my hands back a little bit. That way I get a little more bounce that way, you know, even if you do hit it a little heavy, you're not, you know, just duffing it two inches in front of you. You still get it to the front of the green. Yeah. You just have, you know, maybe 15 feet instead of, you know five feet so right it's still very like especially if it's you know certain certain types of bermuda into the grain there's some there's some grain that i've played on out here in texas and it's just i mean it's it's gnarly so you you got to make sure you get good contact with those shots yeah i know the one that helped me the most is let's say you know you're chipping from the fringe or you're in like a little bowl below a green and you're into the grain and he, he just said that whenever you chip like these these closer shots, you're not necessarily needing it to hit it as high. You're still going to get a lot of spin. So just come like he what he would do is he goes a little bit more outside on the way back. That mm-hmm. way he can come come back almost cutting across the ball. You get a little bit more spin on the ball so it doesn't have to come out as high and soft. And you kind of guarantee ball first contact because since you're coming from the outside, you're going to be coming in a little bit steeper. Yeah. So gotcha. because of that, it's going to help you catch ball first. Yeah. You've, uh, speaking of your brother, uh, you, you've always had, uh, good sparring partners around you, right? I, I, uh, you know, I grew up with a range across the street from my house and I was a range rat. And then, you know, I'd play, uh, once or twice a week cause, uh, the closest course was, you know, a 15 minute drive or whatever. And just whenever I could get a ride over there. And I don't think I ever became any good until I moved out here and I was playing every day. And there were a couple guys around that were good players and play with them every day and duke it <coughs> out. Right. No, but exactly. you've all, you've always had that around. I mean, and how, what do you think? What do you think the importance is of that? You've had your brother around and, and now, uh, where you're living, you've got, you've got a big group, right. Of really good players that you get to play with every day. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been very blessed in my life to, you know, grow up in Southern California to have a father who was so willing to, you know, go out of his way and put his life on pause really for, you know, 18 to 20 years and, you know, <clears throat> put my, me and my brother's golf at the forefront, you know, so, I mean, just like, this is just a funny side story, but Sahith and I actually met 
when we were six and we played in this tournament at Fullerton golf course. This is nine hole tournament because I remember it because the guy who ran it was this guy named was Joey Adamo. And he was this, you know, super old school golfer. You know, I think he still had a persimmon wood when I was working with him in like 2004. Yeah. And, you know, just very old school way of teaching, teaching the game. But, um, <clears throat> he, uh, we, we played in this tournament and I always won these events. I was like, you know, kind of one of the best ones at this point I'd established myself granted in the six and in the, in the nine and under division or whatever I played, there was like four guys or five guys, but yeah, still, but this time Sahith came and played. And I just remember, cause he had this red S uh, Stanford hat on. Yeah. <clears throat> and I always thought that he wore it for, you know, tiger, but he later told me that it was cause the S was like Sahith. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. sounds that sounds that sounds way more up saw hits lane than because right. it was tiger went there <laughs> right. which i you know I, I another reason i love that guy but uh i, I he, anyways that day i probably shot like 50 and he shot in the 30s and he kicked my ass and he uh it's funny because he actually I, i've mentioned this story to him later and i don't think he remembers it really and it just that 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 just it makes me want to beat him that much more because <laughs> yeah. I remember being so down after that, like, wow, this guy's so good. But, you know, it's and, and, and then I had my brother going forward, too. And, and the biggest thing with that is it just it just showed me that, you know, no matter how good I was, that I had to keep practicing and right. that it wasn't just going to be given to me. And even if I did start young and I had all these advantages, you know, like at that time I was small. And I was, you know, really short and I, I, now I'm tall, but I had a growth spurt late in, like later in my golf career. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just, it, it just, it was, it, it's, it's given me that mentality of, you know what, you are going to lose and I am going to lose, but that doesn't, it, 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 it I want to say that it really taught me to hate losing, if that makes sense. You know, and sure. I, I, as much as I love winning, you know, losing is the worst. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say that. It, it comes from a small place or a place of insecurity. It's just a place where it's fun to compete, you know, yeah. and competing is a lot more fun when you win at the end. Sure. <laughs> it really is. And it, sure. it's just at the end of the day, accepting that. And, you know, my dad was like this. He, he, he made everything a competition growing up. I remember even when we'd go to, you know, we, when we'd get to Chili's on, on a Sunday or something and we'd park, he'd race me to the front door, you know, and he would never let me win anything except every once in a while, just to give me that little, little bit of hope. Yeah. But he, I mean, he, he kind of just, he, he taught me that he, he, he raised this competitive nature with, within us and, you know, having my brother there to battle it out with him all the time just has, it's helped me on a tremendous level. Yeah. Know? So, I mean, yeah, well, the, you know, the culmination of uh, having somebody around to compete against is is one thing. But, you know, the the other thing is like you were talking about earlier, <clears throat> getting some help from your brother on how to chip and pitch it on uh, Bermuda. You know, you go out and play with a bunch of good players that you're sparring with all the time and you end up soaking up some good stuff that you can implement into your game. And it's just a, you know, a win-win situation competition. And, uh, you know, from time to time being able to learn some stuff too. And, and then being able to help those guys out too, you know, 
I think that there's yeah. uh like uh been working with uh quite a few kids that are trying to play at a high level and it's a little bit too much of a individual thing going on, right? And and yeah. you don't need to be you don't it's not like you need to be buddies with everybody, but you want to go out and do some playing with some other good players. You don't want to just be uh, beating balls all night. You know, that's not going to, it's not going to do it for you. you know? No, exactly. I mean, I, I, I would compare it to, I mean, I was really blessed in the sense my, I, I, I went to Cal State Fullerton after I went to UNLV my freshman year and my sophomore year, we were, we were all right, but you know, we, we got a, we got a transfer student from, uh, a JC who ended up playing on the Walker Cup against my brother actually in 2020, maybe 2021. I don't remember when they played, but one of those, one of the last two years. And um, that team, that, that that team, those two years was some of the most fun I've had just golfing around with guys. And you know, it's it's something that I've I realized playing with my brother all the time is you play with these guys all the time and you compete all the time and you know, it's it's healthy competition because. You know, I don't want to beat my brother shooting 68 at, you know, our home course, Alta Vista, where we've both shot a 58 and a 57. Right. You know, like I want to, I want to, sh- I want to shoot 62. A Ricky and... shot a 58 out there? So, I, I anyway, so let me, let me side, <laughs> sidetrack and tell this story then. So, to go, to go with that competitive nature you were yeah, talking exactly. about, right? So, <laughs> I, I thought you knew this, but so I didn't anyways. know that he broke 60 out there. I knew you shot 57, but. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. anyways, this is what makes that 57 so much sweeter. Yeah. So Ricky in 2000, it was August, 2019. He was playing with four members that we're all really close with and he shot a 58 and he bogeyed the second hole. So he, okay. and, and he was 16 or 58, 58, what 14 under. Yeah. He was 14 under going into the last two holes. And One's a par two. five, two's a shortish par four. Two, uh, two, no, two's a longer-ish par three. So two is okay. like a decently hard hole on the front. I would say it's probably the hardest hole in the front. It's like okay. you know, probably like two hundred up the hill. So I mean, nothing, nothing crazy around the green. But if you're gonna make a bogey, it's probably gonna be that hole because it's not for people like me and Ricky who have been playing there for the past twelve years. It's not a very difficult golf course. Yeah, because sure. we've, we've seen it so many times and we've hit the shot so many times, but. Anyway, so Ricky Ricky shot 58 there in August 2019, broke yeah. the course record. The record before that was 62. He he just shattered it. So, or actually, I think he he shot a 61 there before. So he had broken it a couple times. So yeah. This is the second time he broke it. And you know, I'm I'm his older brother. He was about to go off to college, and I I was still at Cal State Fullerton, so I played there all the time, and I was just you know it it. it it always pissed me off that, you know, my little brother was the one that had the course record, you know, and then whenever people at the club would call me, would just be like, hey, Ricky, just, you know, gave me that little bit of extra fuel. Right. Because, you know, we do look alike and not everyone, we don't know every member, but like yeah. we, 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 we've played with a good amount. I'd say there's probably like 50 that we know pretty well, but not everyone knows us, but they, you know, they may have, you know, they know our name or whatever. So, sure. and R- Ricky's in the paper all the time. So when they'll see me and they just say, Hey Ricky. So it always gave me this little bit of extra fuel, but, uh, it was like January of 2021 and the, the greens were 
so so good this day. Like they they during this time period, the greens were like eleven to twelve almost every day. So I just remember the assistant uh, greenskeeper. We had we got a new a new assistant greenskeeper, and he wanted to play. And we were playing with him, the head the head greenskeeper, our head greenskeeper at Alta Vista, and then one of their buddies. So, you know, they I we we, we go out, and I I think I birdied I think I birdied one. Yeah, I birdied one, and then I parred two, three, four. No, I parred two and three. So I was yeah. one under through three, so nothing, really nothing special at all. But then uh, I birdied three, or I birdied four, I birdied five, and then I birdied six. So I'm four under through six, and I'm sitting on seven with a 20-footer for eagle. It's par five. And it's like straight up the hill, and I just remember thinking, like, this putt's dead straight, pretty much dead straight. And I just remember telling myself, like, just hit it. Like, because if you make this, you're six under through seven and you got a shot. I mean, 58 is the course record. 15 under is steep. I don't care how good you are, how many times you've played this course. Like, you know, you got to make birdie almost every hole. It's 15 under on 18 holes. Sure. So Eagles help a lot. And I made that putt. And I was like, I kind of, you know, I got this momentum and I was like, all right, this is it. This is this is this is my chance. And, you know, eight, I birdied, I hit like, you know, I had like 60 yards and hit it inside six feet, made the putt. And then on nine, nine's a little longer par five. And I uh, had hybrid into a front pin and just striped it. It's a blind, it's a blind shot. You can't see the green. And I drove up and I had like six feet for Eagle. And then I made that and it was a decent breaker. So I probably played it about a cup outside the hole. And at this point, <laughs> the, the guys in my group, like, they're, they're just like, what is going on, dude? You just shot. It's a par 37 on the front. There's three par fives, and I shot nine under, so I shot 28 on the front. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I was like, well, I'm just going to text my brother. Like, I keep thinking about it. I'm excited. I'm like, this will be a good mental test, too, because, you know, I'm not going to, you know, pretend like nothing's happening. I'll just call it out and call right. it out as it is and then see if I can keep doing it because I'm playing well. So I, I sent a sc- picture of the scorecard to my brother or of my scorecard, and I was like, and he was like, "Yeah, that's funny." And I was like, "No, I'm serious. I just shot nine under on the front. I'm playing with Jorge, hell of a yeah. test." And he was yeah. like, "Oh, he was like, well, shit, you still got seven more to go. Good luck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> There's six more to go. Good luck." Right. So yeah. he, uh, I was like, "I'll send you updates on every hole." So we get to ten. I actually I parred ten. I left out from like nine feet probably. Texted him. I made par. On um, 11, I made birdie. So I'm texting, I'm updating him every hole. So I birdied 11, par 12, which is, you know, par 3. It's not necessarily a birdie hole. Birdie 13, made a great birdie on 14. And then I'm, so I'm sitting at, what was this? I birdied 11, 13, 14. So I'm sitting at 12 under going into 15, and I need to get to 15 under. So I know 17 is a back pin. And it's a harder par three. So, like, if you're long of that green, you're probably going to make bogey. And there's only, like, 10 feet on this top shelf that the pin's on. So I was like, I want to be able to par that hole and leave it in the middle of the green. So I got a birdie 15. And then birdie 15, 16, and 18. And those will be my three birdies. So 15, I have this. I hit a good good drive, good wedge. And it's I have a putt that I'm literally playing three feet outside the hole. The greens are fast, and the front of the screen is so severe. And I hit this putt, and I it was it was just dead center. It was so perfect, and gave a fist pump. Went on the birdie the next hole, 16, 
put it in the middle of the green on 17, made my par, and I'm so I'm standing on 18 tee box at 14 under. So I need a birdie on. I need I need a birdie 18. And there's a little bit of a wait in front of us, and the sun's kind of setting because it's, it's January and it's the sun sets early. So yeah, uh, the, <laughs> our head greenskeeper goes. He looks at all of us and says, "All right, guys. Now after this round, we have to sign this card, do this, make it official." Oh, and God. I, I don't say anything. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, sounds good. But in my head, I'm like, dude, I still got three shots to hit. Shut up. Right. Like, right. 58 does nothing. 58 does mean nothing. I am not trying to tie this record, you know, because my brother will still say I shot 58 first. Right. You know, like, I got to shoot 57. So yeah. I hit this drive, and it, it's a little tight where, where you know, if you're going to hit driver. But I, I play this course all the time, so I was, I was going to hit driver and give myself a little wedge to this front pin. And, you know, I hit a drive. It was on the left edge of the fairway. I probably had, I think, I think I had 87 to the pin and the greens were a little bit on the firmer side compared to normal, but they, they are POA and they do spin. So I was trying to land it right on the pin or just in front of the pin, 86, 87, hop it up and then get it to spin back a little bit. And I hit this shot and it was just tracking the hole lands right in front of it. It, it was probably a ball from going in to the right and then spins back to like six feet. Yeah. So we, we get up there and this, this was the most nervous I ever was over a six footer, but I I've never really seen this pin before. Actually, it's so far forward and to the right. And I'm like, this is, it looked like a double breaker. I it felt like a double breaker. I was just like, all right, just commit to your routine and focus on your routine and, you know, just get into that almost autopilot mode. And I, I just, you know, I, I got over it and it went in and when it finally went in, I let out a big fist. I, I, I kind of, I don't even really remember, but it was just yeah. one of those days where kind of just black out over the ball. Sure. You know, sure. like you just, everything, everything is there. I, I, I can genuinely count two shots on my, I think two shots that I wasn't happy with on the day. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was just one of those days that everything came together and and then I shot 69 when I played it the next day, and it felt like I shot 80. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then within like a week or two, or was it prior to that that you shot the, you shot 58 at Red Hill? Yeah, so I think it was it was three months later or four months. Three later. months later. Or okay. Actually, no, it was. Uh, I have the flag in my in my living room. It was July 24th. So okay, like five months later, six months later, but gotcha. I was a. Uh, that one was special because I was uh, the course record at Red Hill was 62 before that, and I was playing with uh, I was playing my, with my sponsors from uh, Mark Christopher and a couple of his buddies and you know people that I've become friends with now. So it was uh, it was a really fun it was a fun day. That was that was yeah. really cool. And then and then it was after that or prior to that that uh, you hooked up with Daly. Uh, that was prior to that. So it was actually, I want to say it was the Monday after I shot that 58 or 57 at Alta Vista. Okay. Um, uh, he, I, I played that, I shot that on like a Thursday and then he came to our club that Monday afterwards. And uh, he's, he's friends with a couple of members from our club. So he comes from time to time and he came to play and I just, you know, I, I was, I'm not the type of person to go up to people and, you know, and from what, how I see it, bother them, especially a guy like John Daly. I know enough people come up to him and introduce themselves all the time. So I didn't, you know, I just, I just, I knew, I figured he's just trying to play with his buddies, blah, 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 whatever. 
but at sure. the time, you know, I, I was like, you know, this could be a really good opportunity. So I, 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 you know, meandered my way over to the putting green next to where he was hanging out. And, uh, finally the, this one member or two, this, a couple of the members that I really know well were kind of hanging out and talking with him and it was just them, them, uh, them four. So I decided to walk over and I was like, all right, just introduce yourself. Like these guys know you, like, you know, it's, it's, it, you're not just some other bum. You just shot 57 out here. So I, I went over and kind of introduced myself and, you know, he was asking about what I was doing, where I was playing and, uh, you know, just, you know, a pretty normal introduction. And then one of the members was like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, he broke our course record last week. And Daly was like, oh, okay, like, hey, that's pretty cool. What'd you shoot? And I, yeah. uh, and I kind of looked at him and I was like, 57. Right. And he goes, <laughs> and he looks at me and he, I, 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 I'm not even, he, he, I'm not even kidding. He looks at me and he goes, what the hell did you just say? Right. And I was like, 57. <laughs> And then his man, his manager, who's now my manager as well, he right. uh, he he looks at me and he goes, "Did you put everything out?" And I was like, uh, "I mean, yeah." And then Daly looks at me and goes, "Chris, what kind of dumb question is that?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We gave him five footers all day. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, but but I mean, I I mean, I've, honestly, I was in a state of awe on, on for almost like an hour afterwards. I was like, I not believe i just shot a 57 i mean yeah you know 59 is great 58 i've heard of but i don't really i, I don't really hear of people shooting 57 sure. very often so that was you know it was uh i i under, i kind of i understood where where he was coming from for sure isn't but... that incredible what a big difference it is between 59 well first of all between 60 and 59 that's a big leap but then from 59 to 58 that's huge. And then you never hear about anybody ever shooting 57s. You just, no, you don't. Yeah. It, it really, I mean, golf is such a, it's such a fine line of difference. And I mean, well, particularly know, when you're shooting numbers like that, I mean, a stroke exactly. is a huge leap. Definitely. No, it is. And I mean, and the, I think the thing that it comes down to is like, I mean, even with a 59 and 58, a, a stroke is a huge leap. But in the reality of it, it's like that with 72 whole events, you know? I mean, sure. second play, no one remembers who came second at the Masters. Right. You know, and a lot of times that's one stroke. Sometimes it's a tie and then it's a playoff. <laughs> right. You know, right. so it's it's golf. Golf is definitely a lot. It's But what I've realized is there's definitely a lot of like, you know, at the end of the day, the numbers don't lie. And there's there's a truth to that. You know, I watch. I watched Sahith play, and the reason he's so good is because, on, and he's playing at this level on the PGA Tour is because he just does not waste any shots, you know. Whereas mm. even in 72 holes, I, you know, maybe I waste one or two shots around the green, and I shoot a 67 or 68. Well, you know, he meandered around shooting 65, and it looked like 70. Right. You know, he missed right. six greens, but you know, every chip was inside of 10 feet, and he made every single putt. Right. You know, right. and that's. And, and that's that's where I, I definitely look at things in terms of like 0.2 strokes here and like half strokes because like I, I definitely think that that's a thing. You yeah. Know, the overall. Any anytime that he hits a wayward drive and I'm playing with him, you know, and Enrico, he'll, you know, hit it up onto a hillside or in the trees or whatever. Oh, Rico, yeah. Rico, Rico will go, good birdie, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> The, sh the shit I've seen him do from around the greens just blows me away. I mean, it's 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 
I mean, it, it's literally like my brother, honestly. Him and my brother do some things around the green that, and just from trouble in general, that is, it's ridiculous, you know? I mean, the other day we were playing at TPC out here, and he, it was, the hole's like 200, the pin's tucked front left, there's a bunker left, and he hits this, like, duck hook five iron, like, 50 yards left of the green, almost in the houses, all, like, OB, like, he's in a drainage ditch. But it's not really a ditch because they just, you know, dig it. It's not man-made. It's just, like, di they dig it, and then there's dirt and grass growing in it. So he's, like, on the upslope of this ditch with a tree in his way, and he's just, like, I'm just going to, like, flop it and see how it is. And I look at Clay before he's hitting. We're playing with uh, Clay Fiegler, one of his old teammates. He plays on the yeah. Corn Ferry Tour. And I look at Clay, and I'm, like, this is going to be inside six feet. And he flops it. goes, like, over the branches that we thought he was going to have to deal with through yeah. this little gap in the tree and lands just over the fringe on the green over the bunker. And there's like eight feet of green to work with and rolls out to like three feet. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, dude, what, like, how do you have that shot? Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how, how did you just like, how, what do you, how do you have that shot? Like, yeah. what is that? Like I, if I'm in that position, I'm thinking four is a great number. I'm trying to take right. five out of play. He just, you know, makes par. Yeah. Like, and that's, it's just, it's, but that's that one stroke. Sure. You know, it's sure. A, you know, there's a lot of guys who, and I, and sure. I, and, I and then he does, he does that, you know, four or five, six times around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And he does it 90% of the time throughout the course of a 72 hole tournament. Right. You know, and that's just that, that it, you know, it's, it's that little difference that makes a big difference. Sure. You know? Sure. It's, it's crazy how, I mean, it's, it's little, little things that, you know, differ from level to level, but it's crazy how big of a difference they really make. Sure. Sure. And he's hitting the ball well right now. So, you know, he is, Kaplowy. he's, he, he's yeah. been striping it. He, he has been striping it. Yeah. I've, I've never seen his swing looking as good as it has in the entire time I've known him. Yeah. So, so you shoot that 57 out at Alta Vista, you get hooked up with daily and then, uh, and then boom, you end up with a, a loudmouth deal, a squares deal, Mark Christopher, all that stuff. It was yeah. uh, some good timing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can't, I can't boil it down anymore to any more to than it was to divine timing. Really. I mean, everything sure. happened at the, at the right time and I was kind of in the right places and, you know, and, and I ended up being surrounded by amazing people because of it. You know, like my I'm really happy with the relationship I have with my sponsors. I feel like I'm blessed to have people as understanding and helpful as they have been. And, you know, it's just it's it's a it's such a good situation and they're all such good people. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely blessed and one of the lucky ones, you know, being able to afford to go down to Latin America and you know, try my lucks on that tour and, you know, just have a place to play and be able to play in different tournaments throughout the year. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's difficult. It's expensive. It's, it's really expensive to try and, you know, fund, you know, uh, uh, the career of someone trying to, trying to make it to the tour. Sure. You know, so I'm sure, sure I mean, you know, a lot of people who have been trying to do it, you know, so I'm, I'm sure you understand and know about, you know, the lengths of it, but sure. yeah, it's, it's really great that there are people out there who are willing to try and help people like me make our, make our dreams come true. Cause really that's what it boils down to. I mean, sure. I, I've, uh, I've talked to different people and you know, they're like, Oh, you know, people who I've met 
you know, later in life and, you know, they ask me, oh, what do you do for a living? And I, you know, tell them what I do. And they're like, oh, when, when did you decide you wanted to do that? And I was like, when, when I was, was in diapers, yeah. <laughs> when I was six, like, I don't know, like when, yeah. when I saw Tiger do it, like sure. on TV. So like, it's just, but that's, that's, you know, I kind of committed myself to that idea when I was young and it hasn't, nothing's changed for me. If anything, my love for the game's grown. Sure. You know, it's like, and, it, and I was actually listening to a podcast when I was chipping the other day. It was, it was, uh, it was with, uh, Aaron Rodgers actually, but he was, he was talking about this, uh, he was talking about the game Moneyball, and I, I mean, I love that movie. You've, I, I assume you've seen that movie, right? I don't think I have. Okay, so it's, yeah. it's about a, you got, <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. I feel like that's a movie you'd watch. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll have to check it out. You definitely haven't been watch much it. of a movie buff the last uh, decade or so. I'll have to okay. check it out. I, I was, I would say, I was going to say it probably came out like, I don't know when it came. I want to say it came out 2008 to like 2014 or something. Oh, okay. It's starring Brad Pitt and it's about the Oakland A's and how they kind of changed the way they. Oh, I know. I know what movie you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. So at at one point, basically it's, I I forget when it was, I'm going to, I'm going to butch the whole story of it, but basically the A's like, came back and won this thing or whatever. And it was this really emotional scene. And, you know, Brad Pitt, who's the manager for the A's just looks out and he just goes, how can you not be emotional about baseball or no, how can you not be, how can you not be romantic about baseball? You know? And like, I, I I heard that while I was practicing in the morning and Aaron Rodgers compared it to, you know, uh, he, I think he said it at a football game after they came back from some win last year, maybe it was when they won their last uh, game of the regular season to, you know, cap one of the best seat regular seasons in football. And he, uh, he, he said that. And I was just like, I mean, I think back to all of my favorite moments in golf and yeah, they're just, they're romantic. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's not just, it's, it's like, Oh, I, I enjoy doing this or this, like, you know, winning my first AJGA was, I, I still remember all of it, you know, spending the, you know, my dad coming up to me on the green afterwards, all that, like, Sure. It's, it's not it's not just about that win it's about all the hard work that was put sure. behind it sure sure and loving every moment of it all the hard work and and uh all the good rounds and working <coughs> through different things after playing poorly and yeah i mean you know that's that's the reason why we can't get enough of it the whole like, the whole culmination of uh you know the process you know i mean how cool is it when you know, you're playing like shit and, uh, you know, you figure something out in the evening and you go out and you play really well the next day. You're like, man, this is, this is why I play right here. You know, Oh, that's so cool. Oh yeah. No, those are 100%. It's, it it just, it, it, it reminds me of why I love this game so much. And you know, that my, my love for it isn't justified and isn't, you know, just this fat or, you know, some, I don't know, just this escape maybe from, you know, wanting a normal job or anything like that. Like, it's just, I, I love this game because it is, it really does these amazing things, you know? And like, again, like you said, like, I, I remember when I was 19, I played, it was 2017 and I, I went to Del Mar Country Club to go play the day before my USAM qualifier. And I had it at Mission Viejo Country Club, right? Mission Impossible. Yeah. And 
I shot like 89 or like 88 or something <laughs> yeah. at Del Mar. I lost so many golf balls. I probably lost like eight balls. I was hitting it all over the map. I was so pissed. I just remember driving home and I was so mad. I was like, I don't even want to play this qualifier tomorrow. I want to play so bad. Like all this, like my game's terrible. I was so down. My brother was like, dude, just, just chill. Like, forget it. Like you, like he, like relax. Like you, cause I, I caddied for him at the U S junior the week before. Mm-hmm. So he was just like, dude, just like you, you weren't playing for a week. Like relax. Like you just had to go warm it up. Like you like mission Viejo. Brendan's on the bag for you. You'll be fine. And one of my buddies from high school, from high school golf caddied for me. So my brother kind of told me that and it, and it chilled me out. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like I'll just go have fun with Brendan tomorrow. And I ended up breaking the course record in the morning <laughs> or tying yeah. the course record, shot 64 and then mm-hmm. shot one under in the afternoon and won the qualifier by six or something like that. And yeah, it's it, golf is just so fickle like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't all I did really was change my mindset and then, you know, everything came through fine. Yeah. Yep. Mini mini tour uh, lifestyle you were talking about you know, how much money it costs and, you know, obviously the other sacrifices that you got to make. Um, I mean, <clears throat> may have wanted to move down to the Houston area for some different reasons too, but, you know, travel wise, it's better for you. Um, it's not, it's not necessarily the life that most people make it out to be. I hear from a lot of people, Oh, you know, you guys get to play a game for a living and, you know, what's the big deal? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not like that. Um, when, when I was playing, you know, I went to, uh, Q school once and it was just because I had a little stretch where, uh, I cashed a couple of checks, uh, playing in mini tour events and state opens. And I was like, well, I'll just throw this into going to Q school. You know, I was gonna say don't but, don't cut don't sell yourself short either, Trevor. You're you, you're a pretty good stick too. I was impressed that first time we played at Hacienda. I was like, damn, this guy's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like you played good and like you, you hadn't been playing and you hadn't seen Hossie in a while and it was playing tough that day. Like yeah, wasn't playing easy. I was like, oh shit, I should like focus a little bit. Like <laughs> I, I can't, you know, like. <laughs> but uh, thanks, man. But, uh, (laughs) but people, people, people don't, people don't get it. I mean, you know, the, the culmination of the fact is, is that there's, there's a whole bunch of really, really good players out there. There's not a whole lot of, uh, available spots for you guys. And the, the cost is just outrageous. I mean, at the end of the year, you look at what you end up spending even if you're being super frugal and I mean, it's insane. And particularly when you're, you know, flying down to Latin America all the time or playing up in Canada, you know, for, for pennies, basically, you know, give, give people a little bit of a better understanding of, uh, you know, cost and not just money wise, but you know, time and being away from family and all that kind of stuff well yeah so i mean i'd say before like i get to the cost part of it like just the pure financial cost of it like the cost on you know your life in general is i mean it's a huge it's it's a massive you know time 
time dedication. It's, it's the same as, you know, I, I see things online and just people in general and my friends who are entrepreneurs, they, you know, they say, oh, well, I want to be my own boss because I don't want to work a nine to five. And then they end up working all day, every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because exactly. they're, they're their own boss, you know, and it's, it's, it's a very similar thing. Whereas like, you know, it's, it's a, don't get me wrong. I love my life. I absolutely love it. But you have to love this lifestyle in order to want to live it. Because, you know, I mean, I, I moved to Texas because I wanted to get away from, I wanted to go, I wanted, A, I wanted, like the most important thing for my golf is I, I always struggled on Bermuda and I knew it was something that just living in it makes it, you, you learn so much more playing every day because I better learn how to chip and put on Bermuda because I'm playing money games with Sahith and right. Fred and, you know, all the guys out here and like, you know, you're, I'm, all these guys have more experience and more status than me as far as, you know, the PGA tour goes. So, and, and the tournaments under that branch. So like, I, I better have my A game if I don't want to lose money. Right. You know, I mean, I think Sahith and I one time went 68 and 69 at TPC and we lost like, I I, I don't, I I don't know how much we lost, but you know, (laughs) it it was a lot. It was like a hundred or it was like a hundred, maybe more playing a best ball match. But you know, the guys we played against shot 64 and 65. Right. So like, what are you going to do? Like, it's, right. you, you just got to play better. Like the, right. they were, I think they were 11 under on their best ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, yeah. you just got to play better and right. make more putts. So it's, it's, I think that that's, I mean, coming out here, like I, I, it's, it's more fun and like, yeah, there's a lot of positives to it, but I mean, you know, it's 105 and humid every day in the summer out here. Yeah. It's 85 degrees at 6 a.m. So like, you know, we're playing and, and it, it's not like it's, 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 it's hard. It is still work and dedication. Like it's hot, you know, we're out there for five, six hours playing 18, 27, 36 holes sometimes and practicing. And it, it's, it's definitely a time dedication. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not just, you know, go fly to these tournaments, play in this and all that, you know, like when, unless you're playing on the PGA tour, you're not going to the most <clears throat> glamorous spots to play tournaments, you know, right. the corn Ferry tour, you're playing a lot in the Midwest and you're going to these smaller towns and the Latin tour. I mean, Canada, from what I've heard is nice, but Canada is also the most expensive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and, and you're, it's honestly the worst money as far as prize purses go, because sure. it's the way the, it's the way the um, conversion works. Sure. somehow from Canadian dollars to American dollars. So um, it's, 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 it's again, like it's, it, you're, you're not traveling to the most glamorous places. Like I was in, we went to Brazil, the course we were playing at was beautiful and amazing, but it, the hotel we stayed at was very small and dingy. And, you know, it was, you know, we had one shuttle bus that was going to the course every two hours th- for three times in the morning. And then two hours, and then the same schedule going back from the course. So if you were the last of the afternoon wave to tee off, you had to get to the golf course four hours before your tee time. Yeah. You know, and this is on PGA Tour Latino America. And, yeah. and on top of that, if you wanted to take the shuttle, you had to pay an extra fee because they, you know, they had to like, we're in the middle of nowhere. You know, we're an hour and a half outside of Sao Paulo, Brazil, in farmland, basically. <laughs> Yeah, just little small favela towns, you know, like, like, you know, have you seen fast? You've seen fast and furious. Have you seen fast and furious? Sure. Like, you you know, that scene where they're like jumping through the favelas in Rio de Janeiro. 
Yes. It, it literally looks like that. That's the landscape in, of the town that we're staying in. Right. So it's not. It's definitely not the most glamorous all the time. But if it's it's one of those things where if, look, if you're a competitive golfer and you love it, then like it's it is definitely fun. Right. And it's it's in my opinion, it's worth it. You know. Also because it, I I do believe that the way the system is laid out and the way everything is is it's fair and it gets the best players to the top. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're one of the best players and you belong on the PGA Tour, you'll you'll make it. Yeah. And I've I've heard that from multiple different people and especially, you know, one of my one of my old coaches from UNLV, my head coach, his name was Dwayne Knight, kind of a legend there, but mm-hmm. he, he he's coached a lot of really talented players. You know, I think he's had I don't know how many All-Americans and 12 to 13, maybe 15 successful PGA Tour pros. Mm-hmm. Inc- you know, Ryan Moore, Adam Scott, sure. Chad Campbell, there's a lot. But he, he basically said, look, like, if, you know, if you belong on the tour, you'll make it. And if you really, really want to make it, you'll make it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it comes down to that. It's just guys who want it end up getting there. You know, yeah. and you, you hear it over and over again with these success stories of guys who get there. And, you know, it's it's most of the time guys who, you know, they they knew they even if times got tough, they just stuck to their process. You yeah. Know, basically, they, they, they committed to what they believed in. I was just watching this one. I forget who, who, what the guy's name was, but he's like 34. Corn Ferry Tour posted it and he's been on Corn Ferry for like eight years. And mm-hmm. he's got like a wife and two kids and. You know, being on Corn Ferry Tour, like you're like, well, with the changes they've made to the PGA Tour with the 500,000 minimum, that's it's a little different now. But with how it has been in the last eight, eight years, like, you know, they're living comfortably, but it's not like they've got extra money to spend. Yeah. Unless he's got, you know, a really good agent who can really get him some deals as far as sponsors. But you're not yeah. making a ton of money on the Corn Ferry Tour. So it, it takes a commitment. And he, he, you know, he was kind of breaking down a little bit and saying, look, I just thought I was a lifer on the Corn Ferry Tour. I kind of, I kind of assumed like, you know, he couldn't break through and get that win. He had the, he had a heart, he just, you know, he was, you know, consistently playing there for eight years, but he kind of was like, I, I just didn't think I had it in me to make it to the PGA tour, but you know, it was always my dream. And I was, I, I just, I put my head down and kept at it and worked and, you know, he had a great support system of people around him and then got his tour card this year, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 I mean, it's cool seeing all these people, you know, especially people that I know, too. I don't know that guy, but, you know, there's I think there was a lot of guys from Corn Ferry Tour that graduated a PGA Tour this year that I've grown up playing with and, you know, been on college teams with. And it's just really cool to see, you know, their work finally paying off. They've been on Corn Ferry Tour for a little bit now, a few years, and like they do, like you know, the best get to the top. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about having uh, having matches against guys and shooting good numbers and the losing some money. It was making me think about uh, played a nine hole match uh, in the afternoon one day out at uh, Goose on the back nine. It was uh, Hao Tong and Rico versus uh, me and Sahith. Okay, and I think they gave me two. And Sahith and I shot seven under and lost by one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like 
That's the other it, thing. It's like just people birdie just after don't birdie after birdie after yeah, birdie. Yeah, people don't get how good these guys are. They're just that's, all that's all you guys thing. are just so good. You know and the other one and the other one too. I I saw this thing the LPGA Tour posted this post of this girl almost holding a wedge from like sixty yards. Guys who are normal golfers, and by normal golfers I mean they're you know they're not playing competitively. You know they're you know or they're you know pretty good club pro or country club guy or something like that like mm-hmm. you you're not playing under a pga branch or you know you're not trying to make it for as a living as a mini tour pro like just a regular golfer like you if those guys who say they can make beat the ladies or play on the lpga tour no they couldn't sure those girls sure. are those girls are so good i mean sure. you've been around you've been around these girls like they're sure. they're they're really good they're just it's sure. a different style you know sure sure golf's just different and some of them can really hit it too. There's a few they, out there where you're like, "Whoa!" Oh yeah, no, they can. I mean, even I remember. I know you. I know you know Beth well, and I've been mm-hmm. texting with her a little bit lately too, because you know she's now at Florida. Like, right. she's with my brother over at Florida. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, she could hit the ball. <laughs> like, I remember. Yeah, she had man. Some, she has some. She has some power. Yeah. She she really like it, it. It doesn't sound like you know just like some of the girls you see or like. Right, the the girls on Instagram who 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 golf and post yeah, no, stuff. it's like uh, you can actually hear a hit. There's compression yeah. there. Yeah, and yes. you're like, Whoa, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think actually when I was when I was like 15, we were playing the Wyndham Cup, that AJGA, you know, that team play event that AJGA has, and um, she was on. You know, we were both Team West, and I, she, my buddy had to give one of my buddies had to give her his spare driver head because she cracked her driver head on the range. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, and, and they had pro V ones on the range. So like, yeah, I was like, I was like, damn, I didn't, I've never heard of a, of a female cracking her driver. I'm like, right. Like that's, that's some power. You ever, you ever play any golf with, uh, with angel? You angel play with I angel have, again? I have. Yeah. She, okay. she bashes the ball too. Yeah. She, she rips can bash it. the ball. So the She's first time I play with Angel, I hope I haven't told this story on any of my podcasts before. It's a good one. First time yeah. I play with Angel is out at uh, Angelus National. Okay. And we're playing with Pat Dempsey, a guy who's won multiple World Long Drive Championships, right? Okay, I was going to say, the name sounded familiar. Yeah. His brother, Rick, uh, played for the Dodgers and played in okay. Baltimore for, like... I don't know, 25 years or something like that. He was in the big leagues for like 30 years. But anyways, um, we get up on one and she probably hits it about 10 or 15 by me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we get up on two and uh, I hit a little low bleeder out there, dinker like I normally do. And she goes to tee it up and she goes, I'm going to outdrive you on this hole. Right. (laughs) And I go, I, I don't think you're going to have any issues with that. And she goes, I'm not talking to you. She was talking to Pat. <laughs> the long <drive> guy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. She's like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> that's That sounds like Angel. Oh, sounds man. like Angel. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's comedy. That's really that's, good. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah anyways, these girls, yeah, there's quite a few of them that uh, they can hit it, man. They can smoke yeah. it. No, yeah, I mean they. I mean, the, just like men, how Tiger changed the game for men, he changed the game for women too. And a lot of women are in the gym now too, and they're working out. And it's it's you know, power is 
it's it is a part of the game now. It is a very very big part of the game. Sure. So it's sure. Obviously, like you know, it depends on the player and all that. But you know, yeah, it never helps to get an extra twenty yards off the tee. Yeah, I or it really never hurts. Do. I was having this discussion yesterday with somebody, and I was like, you know, the the days of uh, you know, a Dave Stockton or um. Uh, a Paven or a, a Paul Guidos, those those days are over, man. That's just not gonna that's not yeah, gonna fly anymore. The the mediocre or short hitter, you know, uh, who can can grind it out and scramble. That's that's just not gonna happen. You gotta you gotta exactly. have that depth too. You know, you gotta be able to hit it deep and hit it hit it real high and you know it's just different different time for sure no definitely i mean the fact of the matter is just you know there's multiple things it takes to be a pga tour golf course and one of those is being able to house thousands of people and you know you don't you don't get that with a course like via verde where you have to right. ball straight they just right. couldn't you know you couldn't i i use via verde because it's so tight and narrow mm-hmm. you know but like imagine trying to have a tour event out there there's not even space between some of the holes right you know big trees you couldn't even have people there so right there's because of that and because of the reality of it you're never you're not going to get you know you have one harbor town a year right you know and you have you you don't have you know there there are guys there are events that these guys can still play at sure colonial harbor town Right, but they're going to yeah. be these again. They're going to be these older guys for the most part who have played these courses many times. They know where to play, mm-hmm. and they've already gotten their status. Whereas, you know, it's it's a little harder to earn your status being like that now, especially mm-hmm. since the Corn Ferry Tour is a main proponent of getting there, sure. because of the fact that the Corn Ferry Tour requires length. You know, I mean, it's just the yeah. courses they play. It's it's a lot of drivers and. It's a lot of a lot of wedges and it's a lot, a lot of, of birdies. A lot of, uh, for some reason, it's the uh, it's the rain tour too. They get rain delays like every week, so yeah. it plays really long. <laughs> exactly, and it's, yeah. it's long and soft. You know, you don't right. have to worry about being in the rough. Just blast it up there and give yourself a wedge. Right. So and right. you know it's 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 all you know it's just it's just a matter of it's the corn ferry tour. They don't they don't have the funding the PGA tour has, so they're not going to be able to go to you know, Minnesota in August, like the PGA tour does and, you know, go, then go in the Northeast when it's too hot in the South, you know, like it's, right. it's now you're just, they're just going to play where you're going to, where they can get the best course possible. Right. Right. You and know? that's exactly what it is. I mean, like PGA tour is the sunshine tour and corn yep. Ferry tour is the rain tour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yep. from what I've seen, it seems like they get a lot of rain in Canada too. From my yeah. buddies who are playing in Canada this year, I feel like, I saw a lot of rainy practice rounds, practice yeah. round pictures. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh let's talk about your move real quick. So um you're a uh you know, taller dude, skinny. Uh what I see is uh you know, you got a, this real nice setup with a little bit of knee flex and a whole bunch of uh bend at the waist, right? Uh, give your arms plenty of room to get those swinging and uh, you wind up you got that left arm 
uh, right in line with your shoulders, a little bit on the flatter side. And then the unwind is just off the chain, right? Yeah. Has that kind of always been your action or have there been some changes through the years or? Yeah. So, um, I, so I, I've worked with two mainly, well, I guess I'd say three coaches, but mainly two coaches. So my, my swing coach now is Chris Mason. Uh, he works out of Madaris in San Diego. So now I, I send him video from time to time. And when I'm in California, I try and see him, but, uh, we, we kind of went through a rebuilding process when I was about 17. Cause when I was younger, uh, the coach I worked with, I was much smaller and short. So we were trying to get myself much more upright trying to gain power and lag with the swing. So through that as well, I had very quick firing hips and I kind of released the club on the way through and rolled my hands over to square it up. So mm-hmm. um, I had a really weak grip growing up and mm. uh, my, my swing coach, Chris, he preferred now he prefers a stronger grip. So mm. uh, one of the first things we did was trying to get my grip to at least be neutral. Now I, I now I'm, I kind of have it where it's a little stronger in my left hand and a little weaker in my right hand because I like to play cut. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we, we really just kind of tried to neutral and get everything to be a little more neutral. So my body naturally kind of moved this way. And uh, over the last you know few years, we've been trying to just get it flatter. And I noticed that when I'm flatter at the top, I, I do lose power for sure. But because I'm so tall, I don't necessarily need that power. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be so steep coming into it. And uh, being flatter at the top just kind of helps me shallow out my angle of attack coming through the ball. So that's why I like to be a little shallower or a little flatter and shorter at the top. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I honestly, I, I've we, we put a lot of hard work into it. And, you know, I, I attribute all most of it to my coach because he's really helped me get through all this stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean really i'd say around my junior year of college uh we got my swing to a point a place that we really liked and you know some of the best ball striking of my career was my sophomore junior and senior year of college so you know at this point in my career now we basically just whenever my swing goes awry i kind of just try and go back to that swing yeah and uh i have a few swings you know liked and loved in my photos and my photo history from, you know, certain events where I hit the ball the best in college. And, uh, I basically just try and go back to that all the time. So, gotcha. uh, yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I, I like to swing with my body. I have long mm-hmm. arms and yep. I, I really just, I feel like for me, like in my swing anyways, I can create a lot more consistency swinging with my body than my hands because mm-hmm. my hands are such fine motor. They're such small, fine motor pieces and trying to match everything up when I'm swinging the club at a hundred plus miles an hour, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult as opposed to trying to match everything up with my body and yeah. swing things with my body more. So, so I just find for me, well, and you're, I mean, you're like a, you're like a rubber band, you know, and you yeah, can get a full um, wind and, exactly. and let it go. Always, yeah. I've been very flexible my whole life. And, you know, even through my weight gaining process, I, you know, I, I have a mobile, I have like a, a movement mobility, routine that I'll go through for 30, 45 minutes every day before I work out. That way I can, you know, maintain my, you know, my, maintain my movements and not get mm-hmm. tight and lose that ability. So, right. I think that's the other thing, you, you know, we were talking about, uh, uh, there probably not being any more Dave Stockton 
types out there that just kind of, you know, you watch them hit it and you're like, you know, and then they drop bombs all day and get it up and in from everywhere. But uh, uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, most of the guys out on tour now, or at least quite a few of them, and most definitely the ones that are coming up the ranks are, you know, taller, kind of lanky, uh, long limbs, you know, and there's definitely something to that. Lots of flexibility, right? Um, Not seeing a whole bunch of guys that, you know, uh, have the, you know, uh, football lineman type of look. You know, most of them are tall and skinny with long arms, you know, and there's a reason for that. Definitely. I mean, it's it's definitely an advantage in golf to have that. And I would also say that we can thank Tiger Woods for that. You know, he turned golf into a sport. He made it athletic and more exciting and all that. You know, he brought so much emotions. I mean, I, I, I growing up, I mean, I can't I, I can't say enough good about what Tiger's done for this game. And it's you know, it's it's all I mean, the, the purses, how, how they've gone up since he's been involved the fan involvement, it's just, it's, you know, and, and the players as well. Like you look at the PGA tour now and all the top players, like it's a lot of studs and athletes, you know, Rory's in great shape. Colin's in good shape. The, well, I guess DJ's on live now, but DJ's in great yeah. shape. Brooks, you know, a lot of the top golfers now and, you know, Zalatoris has put on weight and he's trying to gain weight. You sure. know, Scotty, Scotty is a tall, you know, athletic figure. Yeah, like Zalatoris. That's uh, that's that's pretty much your build right there. Yeah, pretty close. No. And how I'm, tall I is love he? his swing. I I don't know how tall he is. I want to say he's between like six one and six four. Mm-hmm. Probably like yeah. Six, so two. he's a he's a taller dude. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I love Zalatoris' swing. His he stripes he stripes it. His his ball striking is so good. It's just such a repeatable move. Sure. The position he's in at the top, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you get everyone's so much more athletic nowadays. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, he, Tiger made it where, you know, a lot of these guys who, you know, we probably wouldn't be playing golf if it wasn't for Tiger. We'd probably, sure. probably be playing some other competitive sport, sure. but you know, I, I mean, I, I played golf and basketball growing up, Yeah. You know, so it's, it, and, and I loved basketball and I was really good at it, but you know, yeah. I liked golf more. I wanted sure. to, I wanted to be like Tiger. So sure. Sure. And that, I mean, that goes to show, I mean, uh, so I'm 37, I'll be 38 this year. Right. And, uh, yeah. even though I look like I'm 50, um, <laughs> I was just going to say, according to, <laughs> according to Jared, you're 50. <laughs> I was That's out playing so with awesome. Jared last week and I was like, Hey, you remember the first time I met you? And, uh, you were like, Hey, are you like 55 or, <laughs> Because Dana, Dana said something about about his age, and then uh, Jared was like, "What are you like five years younger than him?" Or yeah, yeah. I was just like yeah. Jared. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, not so, everyone looks eighteen when they're thirty-two, like you, right? Jared. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, Jared's gonna Jared's gonna look like he's thirty when he's eighty. No, honestly, um, yeah. He yeah. I genuinely thought Jared was like barely older than me when I first met him. Right. I'm right. twenty four. Right. I thought he was like twenty five right. or twenty six. And I was like, right. you're in your thirties? Like you look right. like you're twenty. <laughs> quick quick plug. Jared and I are doing a short game clinic October first, Via Verde Country I, Club. Come on out. I, Boom. I, 
I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, that's awesome. You guys yeah. are gonna kill that. He's got Jared's, some great Jared's, hands. Jared's Jared's got some cool hands, and uh, he kind of likes to work the club the way that I like to see. So that'll that'll be fun. That'll be yeah. Fun. He's he's really good around the greens. I love the way that he that I I love the move he has around the greens. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. He's got this free flowing, smooth action. It's just it's so much fun to watch. But anyways, what I was saying was, uh, you know, so I'm I'm in my late 30s. And when I was a kid, you know, I'm at home uh, watching Tiger win, you know, three U.S. Ams in a row. Right. Right. And I talk about inspiring. And, the, and then at the same time, it's, it's also like, oh, you know, uh, all I got to do to, you know, get a deal with uh, a couple of high-end sponsors is I just got to win a, a few U.S. hams in a row. You know, that's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But, but, but yeah, yeah no, I mean, that's not hard. <laughs> he, he's, he's inspired, you know, uh, a, a couple of generations you know, just because of the, the run that he was on, the unbelievable run that he was on. And that's a, that's another, it's another one where like, it's difficult to describe to people just how insane some of the stuff that he did actually is, you know, like, I don't know, like, I, I think you have to have, some high level competitive experience under your belt to somewhat get it. But, you know, I, winning six USGA events in a row. I was, I, I mean, was just going to say, like, uh, people man. don't understand. Why, why don't people don't talk understand. about that more? Like, That's, I know, I know yeah. it's crazy. I know it's crazy that the guy for, you know, like a, a few years was winning half the events that he teed it up in on the PGA tour. But six USGA events in a row. I mean, I think his, I how, think Tiger's highest win rate on the PGA Tour was like twenty eight percent or something, which is again astounding, considering you're one out of. But there was there was a there was a period but, of time where it was pretty close to fifty percent. It may have been like a like a, a year and a half or two years or something like that. His yeah. his percentage from I think that was when. Recent. It, his percentage from when uh, he teed it up the first time out on tour to now is like 20 something percent, but he had a stretch where it was pretty close to 50 and uh, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was like, Oh, Oh five Oh six or something like that. But, uh, but what people yeah. don't understand about the, the USGAs though, is he went, okay, let, I, let's do the math real quick. So, you go round of 64, 32, 16, 8. Well, four, and at some point, he had to win. qualify for U.S. Junior, too. So he had to get through a qualifier, right? Right. So like, Probably. let's just say, so he gets through the qualifier. He gets through the, through the, through the stroke play, whatever. Okay, we're, we're just going to discount that, all of that. After that, he won 36 straight matches. He was 36-0 and 0 in match play. And anyone who has played competitive match play, not, you know, playing for you know, $10 Nassau's with your buddies mm -hmm. playing a tournament match play where if you're out, you are out, yeah. you know, that's it. That is the end of it. And he, I mean, just, I mean, it's because people don't realize that that's 36 straight matches, 36 and six of them were 36 whole matches. Right. 
and you're playing against the cream of the crop on the planet. I mean, everybody in the world is playing in U.S. juniors and in U.S. AMs, you know, so this is the the best of the best. Like, that's just crazy. Yeah. I had a, one of the, uh, one of my coaches uh, was uh, down at Lake Nona forever working with, uh, working for David Ledbetter. And he was Charles Howell's first uh, golf coach, right? Yeah. And uh, he looped it for Charles. uh, I think it was Pumpkin Ridge. Um, It was one of Tiger's three USAM wins. And he got him, uh, he got him in one of the matches. And um, Charles is like one or two years younger than Tiger, something like that. And he was, I think, I think Will said he was two up through nine. And uh, Will told me that he was like, yeah, at that point, I was kind of like, what's the big deal about this guy? You know? Yeah. And, and uh, they're on 10 and Tiger hits it off of the fairway. And he's got a, you know, uh, an 80 foot tree pretty close in front of him. And he's got 200 yards and. Uh, sitting down in the rough and uh, Will's looking over there like, what is he going to do? Is he going to go out sideways? Then he starts seeing him look up the tree, right? And he hits his, you know, quintessential tiger-style moon ball up over this tree to a couple of feet and he's like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and there, there's some people who can just like look like there tiger had everything people don't realize that he was the best putter inside of six feet he was the best clutch putter of all time he like those things matter like they're they're so important you know like yeah he he could hit the ball offline and then still make birdie and be completely screwed and pull off a shot like that right. you know, not 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 everyone can do that right not everyone can hit sh- the shots that tiger has hit right and like the thing is, he, he's hit them so many times that they've become almost regular, you know? Right. That, like, right. it's not, like, he, he pulls them off a lot. Right, right. You know, it's, like, it's shots that I see my brother and Sahith only see, where I'm mm-hmm. like, there's no way I could even move a ball or do this. And right. then, they, on top of that, they pull it off. Right, You right. know, and it's just, and it's, and the Tiger did it every time in tournaments. right. Right. The culmination of visualizing a shot that nobody else sees and then, you know, being able to actually pull it off is. Yeah. Yeah. People. uh, Well, I mean, even even guys like us, do we even understand how special he was through the years? I mean, it's just it's difficult to comprehend, you know, but I really do think that like. uh the the regular old golfer it's just it's difficult to describe to them and i go back to the six usga events in a row it's difficult to describe to them just how insanely out of this world doing something like that is and that's and that's one thing that i don't know man i don't i don't think that will ever be done again that that'll never happen Nobody's going to win three U.S. juniors and then three U.S. AMs right after that. That's just not 
that's not going to happen. But no. yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, th- I, and I agree. I don't think it's going to happen because I mean, I, I, I mean, this is just my personal opinion on it, but I don't think someone can get that good while living a healthy life. You right. Know? I mean, right. Look, like at the end of the day, like I, I look, I do have a lot of respect for Tiger, especially with what he's done with his life after all of this. I'm not judging him based off of this. Yeah. But my point to this to this statement is just that I don't think like you neglect so much of yourself just chasing this one goal. Sure. And you don't give yourself any time for you to just, you know, I don't know, unwind, have a real life, acknowledge your humanness and sure you know, you turn, you turn yourself into this robot of just grind, grind, grind. And look, I mean, it obviously he became insanely amazing and by far the most talented, most dominant golfer to ever play this game. But it's obviously there wasn't much longevity to it. And it, it, Mm -hmm. it, it had these, it had these detriments and these downfalls in his personal life, you know, he had demons he had to live with and he had to get, he had to get off somehow. He had to unwind somehow. And, you know, for him at that time, it was through all these different things. Like, sure. Granted, now he's much obviously from what I see and what the media shows, he's living a much healthier life. However, yeah. you know, say what you want. It's his body that's been broken down all, and that's the other thing too. It's obviously not healthy for someone to work that hard because look at what's happened to his body. Sure. You know, you know sure. Jack Nicholas was able to play and do all this. I mean, I get Tiger has a couple has of car accidents old. doesn't help either, but right, yeah. the car accidents don't help either, but. <laughs> Like that, that's obviously not a, not a good, that, that, that obviously put a little dent in his, uh, his right. longevity in this career. Right. But right. you know, it's, it's, uh, you but, can also say but that... you talk about longevity. I mean, you, you know, as, as well as I do, uh, how much work you got to put into this game to play at a high level. Isn't it surprising how long of a ride he has actually had? Because yeah. I mean, from oh, the age of 15 to, you know, into his 40s. I mean, that's a that's a long time, you know, and 100%. yeah, it's been a long time. But I'll say that my, my to my point, I'll say that I genuinely believe that we lost that that the dominant Tiger Woods, he, he that that one that was perfect and did not sure. ever mess up. Sure. That was gone in 2008. Yeah. After the scandal and all that kind of broke out, he he wasn't the untouchable dominant tiger he was because I mean sure. he was he was fourteen and zero going into final rounds of majors with a lead. Right. Fourteen and zero. I mean that's unheard of. Right. I mean once once he had that lead, he did not relinquish it and let anyone have that. And then you know the scandal came out, and then two thousand nine, Y.E. Yang takes him down in the final round, and Tiger kind of choked in a way we've never seen Tiger choke. I mean, right. YEA play, played well, but I remember watching that, and Tiger missed some pivotal putts coming down the stretch, and that just wasn't normal of Tiger. Right. You know, he hit bad shots coming down the stretch, too. Like, on 18, he had a chance. He needed a birdie, and he duck-hooked that four iron into the green. It was a hard par four. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, you know, you just never saw Tiger miss a shot when he, need, when he needed it. Sure, sure. It was and almost it was like a... It was almost like he lost focus or something, which you just never saw from him. It's just always focused on on the shot at hand and making it happen. Yeah, I mean, when you when you're in a position like that, I mean, it's one shot 
and it's you know to win this to give yourself a chance to win this tournament everything from 72 holes comes down to this one shot you know that's a lot of pressure especially when you have all these people watching and all these expectations have been built around you at this point in your career you know so like let's say even normally he's 100 percent confident in himself just dropping down to that 98 percent a little bit below what it was it, it, it gives it gives room for that bad shot to flow through you know or for that lack of focus or for that you know maybe he tried too hard and you know got a little you know adrenaline at the bottom and wasn't able to stay completely stoic like he had been and that's why he missed it left you know because i do remember he duck hooked this four iron long left and totally screwed himself couldn't even make a par from there yeah. you know so i it's 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 all the culmination of those things where I, I, that's why I don't think we'll see another player like Tiger Woods just because I don't, I also don't think it's necessarily healthy to be a player like how good Tiger Woods was. I mean, you look at some of the greatest artists and some of the greatest musicians ever, and they were insanely unhealthy mentally. Sure. You know, they were in really, they were in really dark places and that's what made their art so great, you know, And, and, and in a sense, again, I'm not a therapist by any means, but that's that's kind of what it seems like with Tiger, you know. Sure. Like he's look, he he's kind of chilled out now. I get that his body's all destroyed, but you know he seems pretty happy with his with his kids. You know sure. he doesn't he doesn't need to work this hard to you know prove anything or to you know whatever it might be. Right. Like he's got he's got this different thing he's focused on now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh, was entailed in the offer from live but it may not have even been like a uh like a playing deal it may have been like you know just come out here and you know be here just you know just endorse the, <laughs> endorse the tour you know here's a billion you know can you just like drive around in a car or <laughs> yeah like like endorse the tour, you know be like an honorary t-ball t- guy or something. right i don't right. know like honorary t-shot who knows like right. they have the money to do whatever they want right so. right <laughs> They've already. Yeah. I mean, you've shelled out. They've had to have shelled out five billion on that tour already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Did you did you watch the last event? I watched the ending of it. That was yeah. sick. That it was, was so sick. cool. That was <laughs> such was... a great ending. Dustin Johnson making that putt to end it was. Uh, and then to me, the fact that they ended like I was just like, okay, how cool would that be? You win a golf tournament like the way Dustin Johnson did, you win four, four and a half mil, and then you go freaking party with Diplo afterwards. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I, I get that it's not the Masters or, like, a big prestigious event, but, like, dude, like, I mean, it's, that's just, I was just like, that's that's just something I never would have imagined to be possible. Well, on the last, up, the last you know? field was pretty stacked. I mean. Oh, no, I mean, yeah. they, they've got a, they've got a good tour. I mean, I, look, I, I think, live is going to be around for a little bit just because of the fact that they can afford to be sure. so and they have they have these quite a few good players now like i mean it's it's i think it's i think that there's a chance that it actually turns out to be a decent tour i mean they, they got it in my opinion they got to start doing four-day events because they got to get world ranking points somehow sure. but I, I i do think that like i mean for those guys like I'm, i don't blame them I would like that's pretty cool. I would probably do the same thing. Like sure. personally, I would love now, and this is just for my own personal reasons. Like I would want to prove myself, just prove to myself on the PGA Tour first, because that's how yeah. I always grew. That's how I always grew up, and I will. I to me, that still is where the best players in the world are, and that's always going to be the 
it's almost like the test that you take, you know, like that's like the exam, like the AP exam that you can take at the end of the year. Like, okay, do you really belong? What did you yeah. learn? Like that's always where, cause it's always going to have the prestige. It's always going to have the nerve. That's the best it's example always... you could come up with an AP test. That's the best example <laughs> I could think of at this time. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I'm like, I'm like, cause it's so like, when you're in an AP test, you know, they're so strict. You can't talk. It's cold. Sure, sure. You can't eat. You can't drink. You know, and like that's, that's it's like, just that's, funny that that's where your mind went. In AP that's, test. I haven't been, I haven't taken an AP test in nine years, but right, that's where my right, mind went. Right. But yeah, that's, but that's, that's, that's the best thing I could think of. In, that's in awesome. Because, like, I mean, the Lyft tour is like, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, that's like your, what's, what, what's a fun class that you take? I don't know, but that's your fun class, you know, or right. like you just kind of like, yeah, you're still in school, but right. you know, it's not, you know, it's not, it's an easy yeah. class. You're with your buddies. You're just kind of hanging out. And that's kind of how it seems on the, on the lift tour, which, you yeah. know, like that's to me. And, like, you could I, get, I, and you could go out there and play uh pretty mediocre and uh, your team ends up winning and you finish dead last and you could pocket close to a million bucks. I mean, no, exactly. Who, yeah. How is that not going to be uh, eye-opening for for guys who, uh, you know? Because let's be honest. I mean, there's there's guys who uh, get their corn ferry tour, uh, or they get through corn ferry, and they go out there their first year on the PGA tour and spend over six figures and don't make a dime, right? Exactly. And uh, they're going, "What the hell, man? This is no, kind of yeah, messed I mean, up." Yeah, I mean, I remember playing with Sahith, like, in July or something, and maybe May, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I know quite a few, I know a few guys on tour that are definitely at a deficit for the year, like, big right. times, you right. know, and they've spent, way, and this is the PGA Tour, you know, right. granted, they have their sponsor money, but, like, that's, that's, I don't know, I, I, I feel like that shouldn't be your sole income as a golfer, just sure. because, you know, like, at, look, like, it, this isn't just, again, this, this is, it's not just getting paid for the time of work that you're currently doing, you know, like I get it that, you know, it's a lot of money these guys are making on the PGA tour and with sponsors and stuff, but like, this is also paying for all of the hours you've put in, in your entire life since we were six, you know, and like, it's been cultivated by my parents as well. And I'm sure saw his parents and a lot of guys on a lot of competitive golfers, parents, but you know, I, since I was six, I've been wanting to go to the golf course and just practice, right. you know, and just get better. And that's, you know, that's, that's all work that I've put in throughout our entire lives. So right. it's not, it's not just, you, you, you know, the, these big payouts and these payments aren't just coming for, you know, the, the, the body of work being currently put in. It's for the entire body of work that we've put in over our lives, you know, it's because sure. it's been a lifelong commitment to it. Sure. Sure. Yeah, well, if you look at it that way, I mean, you know, it's still going to be in the hole because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I mean, if you, you want to if you want to break down the hourly wage of it, like, I don't even know how many hours I've put it in my life, but it's a sure. lot. Sure. <laughs> and it's definitely more than 40 hours a week. Sure. So, you know, sure. it's and, and, and then, you know, the biggest thing, too, is it's just like, again, it's just like owning a business or an entrepreneurship. Like, you know, people always want to say they want to be the business owner, but. Like, yeah, they're making a lot of money, but they're spending a ton of money too. Like sure. there's so much more risk being the business owner than being someone working for the business. 
Right. You know, and if you're willing to take that risk, then, you know, if you're successful and you put your, put your, you know, you put a good effort into it, then that success will pay off. It's the risk reward. But at the same time, like that person is still always living with that risk. You know, right. like I, I think we saw that with COVID that our, you know, anything can happen. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of companies started going out of business and, you know, losing a lot of money that we didn't think was possible. Right. Like, so it's, 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 there's a lot of risk to go with, you know, these certain things and these payouts, but, you know, it's just, if you really care about it, then that stuff doesn't really matter to you. And right. You're just, you're just trying to, you know, like for me, it's just, I, I just want to be a golfer. <laughs> right. Do you have any buddies or know of anybody who's uh, going over to Asia? Um, I, so not really, but no? I know okay. uh, one of my buddies played, some Asian tour events earlier this year. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't remember what tour, if it was like the actual Asian tour, but he was in like Vietnam and Thailand and stuff. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And do you know, is Liv talking about, uh, funneling guys up from that tour or is it just going to be a matter of whomever they kick off of their tour goes down there? Yeah, so I honestly I have no idea. Yeah, I haven't really looked. Yeah, into it. I don't know if it's going to be like, like uh, you know, their version of Corn Fairy or what they're going to end up doing with that. But yeah, yeah. see, I, I don't, I don't really know because I mean, I think like again, I don't, I just, I don't, I, again, I'm, I, like, I haven't really put too much thought into it. Again, like for the time being, like my goal, like I, I want to make, I want to make it through PGA Tour because at the end of the day, like right now, PJ tour is still banning live players. So like, if I like, let's say I were to play well and get a deal from live, like I wouldn't be able to play PGA tour. Right. And I, I just, maybe there's a time, maybe there's a day and time when, you know, the, the tours can play, you can play across the tours, but at this point in time, they're banning them and they're not coming back. So like, I don't, right. I just, where I'm at, I wouldn't want to risk that just because the PJ tour does mean something to me. Sure. So, I, I I would want to play there first, but you yeah, know, what, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see here in the future what um, what these guys say who you know maybe got like uh, five hundred grand from them or whatever uh, playing one event, played real shitty, and then uh, get bumped off uh, and possibly never come back. Uh, yeah, I wonder what their narrative is, is going to be like, um, we'll see, yeah, I mean, we'll see how this pans out, but it's going to be interesting. It's, yeah. It, it's tough. Yeah. It sucks. And it's, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like at the end of the day, like everyone, we're all just, everyone's trying to create, look, the PJ tours official goal is to create a great place for the, for pro golfers to play. And that's what Liv's trying to do as well. There shouldn't have to be all this hate behind it. I understand why there is, but sure. it's it's one of those things where it's like, look, it's we're we're all adults here. Like we just we just need to get over this stuff and work together on this matter. Because you know, I mean, it, it's it's it, it to me it seems childish and it's robbing future generations of you know great accomplishments. Because look. It, it, let's say we have majors where we don't allow the live players. Well, that's not going to, to me, like I want to play against the best players in the world in the majors if I were to play in them. 
Sure. You know, and if I were to win at a major, I'd want to win against the best players in the world. And the fact of the matter is some of those players play on the lift tour. Right. You know, so right. like it, it, it would be a little bit I, like for me as a player, I'm, I've always been someone who's hard on myself, but I'm sure most professional athletes are. That's why they get there. So I know I, I wouldn't doubt that there would be some people having that. What if thought? What if Cam Smith was there? Right. If Dustin Johnson was there. You know, DJ's won at Augusta, and that was recent. You know, right. and let, if, the, if the Masters doesn't allow the live players to play, then there there could always be that what if. Right. You know, so it's 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 one of those things where it's one one won the Masters, and he's got the seventy two hole record out there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and he has the records. You know, I forgot about that. So yeah. I mean, he beat Tiger and Spieth's record. Like that's massive. So right. Like obviously, DJ loves Augusta. You can't count that out. And like, it's just I I feel like there's you know, and it, it's it's just a matter of look. This is like I get that they're they have their differences and there's this and that, but it's one of those things where like these tours are also built to create you know a future generation's dreams, and you know that's that's what they market on TV and all of this the way they market these players and the players you know they want to help other kids reach their dreams because they know they were there too. So to me, it's just I, I as someone who's in this. In, in this on this journey and in this lifestyle like I would just want to see more collaboration and that way you know we could get really have the best events in the world yeah you know especially especially in the majors yeah yeah I'm just I'm just stoked to see how this all pans out because I because I kind of enjoy watching and listening to the drama so we'll see oh, yeah <laughs> my, 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 la- entertaining. my life pretty my life's pretty absent of drama, so it's it's pretty fun to keep up with it and hear some sure. of the some of the different things that go on with it. But sure, sure, just because to me it seems like such a silly thing to be so upset about. But sure, now that I'm not a cop, man, I got to get the drama from somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't you don't got the levels of drama you used to have in your right. life. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, cool, man. This has been a lot of fun. We've been on the phone for like an hour and a half, dude. This is uh, almost turning into like a Joe Rogan podcast, man. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like four hours. <laughs> I, I know, seriously. This is just on the phone. If we were in person, it would be it'd be worse. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, when, uh, when are you back in Cali? Uh, so, honestly, I'm not sure yet. It's probably going to depend on how I do at Q School. Yeah, um, right. I, if I'm if I'm doing if honestly if I do well at Q school I'd probably come home for a little longer and like I want to come home to Cali for like a week or two in November right around Thanksgiving time. Oh okay. But All right, cool. if, if if not then um I would go I'm probably gonna stay out here and just practice until uh probably like end of January I'll come back for uh either mid or end of January for at least at least one week probably two weeks. Yeah. So okay. Well, if you're out here in November, uh, I think Sahith was talking about being out in November. We'll tee it up, man. Definitely, uh, yeah. I know. I know. He said he's going to be back for a lot of the winter time. So yeah, he uh, yeah. I I uh, will definitely tee it up and go get some rounds in at, at Via Verde. Nice, nice. Or get some good either way. Get some or get seat. some good uh, spinner vids with you guys. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. And have some fun hitting the wedges. Yeah, Via nice. Verde is always a blast. Yeah, it's fun. You know, winter time's perfect for the Poe, man. Oh yeah, that... the 
get that fast Poe going. Definitely, yeah. Those greens will be fun out. My my three favorite courses now out there, and then ah, maybe maybe I, I'll have to say five because I have to add Alta Vista and Red Hill. I love those places too. But yeah, Hacienda and Via Verde and Bear Creek in the winter. Yeah. Those greens are all so good. Everyone has good greens in the winter at those yep. places. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chit chat. That was a fun conversation. Yeah, of course. No, that was that was that was a blast. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do it again, and hopefully, I uh, see you here in a couple of months. Definitely, yeah. No, hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm back in Cali in a few months. That'd be nice. Yeah. All right, man. Well, best of luck at Q School. Looks like uh, you're swinging it nicely, and uh, just always remember that you got you got some serious game, man, and uh, everybody knows it. So, Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, man. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon for sure. Uh, all right. Good talking brother. to you, Trevor. All Bye. Right. Peace.